When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Future Brew Podcast here on SB Nation's Maize and Brew. I am your host, Vaughn Lozon, and my God, is it a good day today or what? We've got the one, the only, John Simmons back on the recruiting podcast here. He has been busy in his own recruiting world. So, John, how have you been, my friend? And I, I can't even imagine all of the work that you've been putting up this fall uh, with all the recruiting stuff that you do uh, for your day-to-day job. Yeah, thanks, Vaughn. It's good to be back from my hiatus here. Um, yeah, definitely busy for the last few months, but, uh, you know, I'm glad to be back and focusing on Michigan uh, here again and their own recruiting pursuits. Yeah, and there have been quite a bit of recruiting pursuits going on uh, just this past week. And we're, obviously, we're going to talk about all of the stuff that has gone on over the last seven days or so. Uh, but I, a lot going on just in general with Michigan, whether it's the football team uh, getting to the college football playoff or the recruiting pursuits that they are going on uh, this week. And to try and wrap up the 2023 class on a relatively high note because that December early signing period is coming up. But let's start today's podcast with a recruiting commitment, which, uh, you know, when you get a commitment from the portal, it's kind of weird when you consider this, this guy's a senior, uh, but you're really considering him a part of the 2023 class when it's all said and done. Uh, Today we are talking about Ladarius Henderson. He is transferring over from Arizona State, uh, committed to Michigan on Twitter today, posting a photo with him and Harbaugh, Sharon Moore, Matt Weiss, and Grant Newsom. Uh, really good get, I, in my opinion, listed at 6'5", 310 pounds, uh, was considered one of the top interior offensive line prospects in this year's uh, NFL draft. Uh, but decided to transfer over to Michigan, kind of like what Olu Oluwatimi did last season with Virginia. He had uh, NFL aspirations, but decided to come to Michigan for one season. And you see, uh, well, you're going to see this April uh, the work that has uh, kind of uh, it, all the work that he's put in. It's, it's going to work out for him. I, I think he's going to be a high end uh, NFL draft prospect uh, in the 2023 draft. But uh, really interesting prospect here, John. Had a, a hand injury in the game against Washington back in October. So he's been off the field for most of this season, but he made a huge impact when he was on the field. He uh, last season started in 13 games for Arizona State, all at left guard. He only gave up one sack, and he was the 11th highest ranked guard in the Pac-12, according to Pro Football Focus, and he won the Pac-12 Offensive Lineman of the Week Award one time as well. He's also played at left tackle 
uh, in his collegiate career before making the move to the interior. It'll be really interesting to see where Harbaugh and Sharon Moore want to put him along the offensive line next season because you anticipate Ryan Hayes going to the NFL draft. He's uh, definitely uh, NFL caliber, in my opinion. And Trevor Keegan certainly could be in that discussion as well as far as heading to the NFL draft. Um, But when it's all said and done, John, I think this is an important get if they want to play him at tackle. I think a lot of the guys in the 23 class that they have uh, are mostly interior. Nathan Ifobi, I'd imagine, is probably an interior guy. I think they have plans for Amir Herring to play center at some point. So Evan Link is really your only true tackle in this 2023 class. And it's nice when a guy like Henderson, who has experience in multiple positions, can come in immediately and uh, kind of start, whether it's left tackle, left guard, if Zach Zinter goes to the NFL, right guard potentially. So lots of different places that Ladarius Henderson could play when he gets to Michigan. So, John, I'll pass it to you. What do you think about this pickup and uh, potential uh, position where he's going to end up at at Michigan? Yeah, I mean, you can never have um, enough quality offensive linemen on your team. Um you know, in Michigan, I would say is probably has probably one of the deepest rooms before even adding Henderson um, with a lot of quality backups and guys that you've seen, you know, uh, get in this year uh, due to injury. And, you know, Michigan hasn't really skipped a beat. So I was, I was actually kind of surprised to see Michigan getting another um, lineman through the, the portal this year after getting Olu last year. And, you know, that one was, you know, a clear hole at center. Um, but this time, you know, I, it you don't really know what position he's coming in to plug. Um, yeah. Like you said, we know Ryan Hayes is going to the uh, draft, you know, he accepted a senior bowl invite, so he's gone. And then the two guards, I think both have NFL potential, but we don't know about um, what they're deciding yet. So um, if either one of them goes, then I think Michigan just kind of puts him in at whatever spots needed. And I think he's, uh, you know, a quality starter from day one. So I like his versatility and that he has experience already. Um, you know, Michigan had Olawatimi come in and slot in at center, which I think is the hardest position to, to come in on, on the offensive line um, without, you know, being part of the program for long. And he did a great job. So I think that the transition for Henderson will be uh, just as smooth, if not smoother. Yeah, I I certainly think so, too. I think it'll be a very smooth transition. Back in high school, he came out of, I'm probably going to butcher this pronunciation here, but Waxahachie, Texas. Uh, Hopefully I got that correct here. He was a three-star prospect on the 24-7 sports composite at 741 overall. Didn't have a ton of offers, but uh, eventually committed to Arizona State and signed there. His freshman season, uh, as a 17-year-old, uh, became their starting left tackle in the third game of their season and then uh, made that collegiate debut uh, in the the road win, upset win over Michigan State back in 2019, if you remember that. Uh, so he went on to play a lot of left tackle. Sophomore season for the COVID year, He uh, they only had four games that season, so he played at both guard and tackle. And then, like I said, as a junior in 2021, uh, played in all 13 games, started all 13 games uh, at left guard. So he's got that versatility there 
I, I think he's going to be a really solid piece to this offensive line for next year. Sharon Moore, obviously having the uh, pedigree along the offensive line to coach these guys up. Oluwatimi, like we've already talked about, great uh, graduate transfer for the Wolverines this season. So wherever uh, Henderson ends up playing next year in Ann Arbor, I think he's going to be a really good player and uh, could develop into an NFL player. I, I think he could have arguably went to the NFL after this past season. It, all the accolades that he had, maybe the, the injury, maybe he was getting some bad news from NFL teams on his injury and wants to come back and, and play at a, uh, you know, in, in a conference like the Big Ten. It's a big deal. Uh, Arizona State, you, you know, Pac-12 after dark, not a whole lot of people watching that uh, with, with the late kicks and everything like that, but getting over to the big 10 and seeing the success that Olu had this season, he's going to be a high draft pick this year. So hopefully, uh, Darius Henderson, Ladarius Henderson can be a, uh, high draft pick for next season coming out of Ann Arbor. Um, I think we kind of hit on all that, John, anything else that you want to talk about, uh, with the offensive line uh, regarding the 23 class or Henderson or anything about the line in general? Uh, no, just that I'd say that Henderson had accepted an invite to the East West Shrine Bowl before committing to Michigan, which is like probably the second best uh, all-star game after the Reese's Senior Bowl. So I think he was on a lot of people's NFL radars. And I think um, uh, Michigan's only going to give him even more exposure. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, it there there really isn't a whole lot more exposure you can get either going to the SEC or the Big Ten. I mean, those are just I'm out of the Power Five. Those are the two best uh, that you can really have your name uh, heard and uh, have NFL scouts watch you uh, on a consistent basis. So, yeah, I think it's a good get. Uh, well, we will talk about some uh, 2023 prospects here in just a sec, but want to give a quick shout out here to Maze Brew Podcast sponsor, and that is Manscaped, the best at men's below-the-waist grooming. And you know by this point, if you've been listening to the Maze Brew Podcast, what they offer, this performance package 4.0, it is just a complete game-changer. You get the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, and it's waterproof. You get that patented skin-safe technology. It's everything that you could ever need out of a trimmer. You also get the Weed Whacker ear and nose trimmer, and you... tons of stuff guys i mean you get a free pair of boxers a travel bag to carry all your goodies in so if you want to join the five million men worldwide who trust manscaped for all their grooming needs go to manscaped.com use promo code mnb20 and you'll get 20 percent off your order now let's talk about these uh, 2023 guys john because there are quite a bit that are going to be welcoming in jim harbaugh and the michigan wolverines coaching staff this week if they haven't already for an in-home visit this is kind of the last leg of the 23 class where coaches can go in get some face time with the kid and their parents and just make one last pitch to a lot of these kids if they don't end up taking a December official visit which that is the case for a lot of prospects uh, in the senior class so I want to start, John, with uh, a guy that I, I think it's really important to go in home with this guy, and he's a commit. And this is Eno Etta that we're talking about, four-star edge prospect at 6'4.5", 260, from the state of Texas. He's been committed to Michigan since July, but his buddy Collins Achiampong decommitted recently from Michigan, flipping his commitment to Miami. Those two were very tight, 
And Collins at Pong is on the record saying that he is actively recruiting Eno Etta to go to Miami and that he doesn't want his friend to go to Michigan. So it seems like there's some kind of some sour grapes there as far as how that recruitment ended and unfolded with that flipped commitment. So again, I know he's committed. It's a verbal commitment, but John, this might be the most important in home that they do because I really like, you know, Etta as a prospect, I think he could make uh, an immediate impact next season along the defensive line. So I'll turn it over to you with your thoughts on uh, this in-home visit that uh, Harbaugh and Mike Elston, and you imagine Jesse Minter will probably be uh, on that visit as well. Yeah. Boy, am I glad that I missed the whole Collins, Achi and Pong <laughs> saga for that. What a headache. It was um, something, John, it was something. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't continue with Etta, but yeah, I agree that he's a good guy to check up in on because of all this stuff with Collins. Um, I think he's been at a just, you know, social media wise and stuff has still been very positive towards Michigan. And I know the coaches have been in his ear a lot to uh, not, you know, always listen to what his friend is saying. And I think going in home will help, um, you know, soothe a lot of those concerns that um, him or his family may have. Um, So I think that getting face to face with him is really important and uh, hopefully solidify his uh, commitment to Michigan because, you know, he's a really important piece of the class. Um, I saw Miami actually just got another crystal ball for a pretty highly rated uh, 2023 D lineman. So that I think that would give him like four in their class. So you can kind of see them filling up there too. And so maybe Michigan can pitch that as well. Um, but, you know, I know other schools are trying to get in on him too. And he took mm-hmm. visits to, you know, I think TCU and Oklahoma during the season. So you're not just fighting Miami. You got to, uh, go after those schools that are a little bit closer to home as well. And I think, you know, playing against TCU in the playoff is going to help, you know, that's after the first signing day, but uh, I think just getting in home, getting Mike Elston there, the guys built big connection with um, throughout the recruiting process will do a lot. And uh, hopefully they can hold on for these next, you know, couple of weeks before signing day. Yeah. He's the highest ranked prospect in Michigan's 2023 class from 109 overall on the composite number 14, Defensive lineman, number 21 in the state of Texas. Just a huge, huge prospect for Michigan this cycle. They really need uh, some solid edge prospects to potentially take over for Mike Morris. If he leaves for the NFL, I I think Iabi Oki will be back for one more season, but that's just one more season. So you really got to start peppering in some of these younger guys. And I think Eno Etta could be uh, an instant impact kind of guy on Michigan's defense next season. Let's flip over to another defender. This is a, a committed prospect as well, but not committed to Michigan. He is committed to Florida. This is four-star Aaron Gates. He is a six-foot, 180-pound defensive back from the state of Georgia, 340 overall on the composite. He's been committed to Florida for quite some time. August of 2021 is when he declared his verbal commitment, but Steve Klinkscale, Michigan, they have been on his tail uh, throughout this entire 2023 cycle. They've got him to visit m- on multiple occasions with the most recent being 
for the Illinois game back in November. So this is a really big one as well, John, because defensive backs have been hard to come by in this cycle for Michigan until recently when they picked up uh, a couple commitments, at the very least one with uh, Cameron Calhoun, the uh, three-star cornerback from uh, the state of Ohio, Cincinnati. In fact, Jason Hewlett is another kid from Ohio, three-star that could be like a safety linebacker hybrid, but I think they need some more guys in the defensive backfield. Aaron Gates would certainly slot into that nickel position. And the good thing is you wouldn't need him to play immediately because Mike Sainer still announced he's going to be back next season. But uh, it's been rumored that Aaron Gates is Steve Klinkscale's like top number one overall defensive back in this class. So if he's able to flip him, I'd imagine he would be pretty happy, John. Yeah, this has been a weird one just because to get a guy uh, who's committed elsewhere to up on visits that many times, I mean, I would have to say like the large majority of the time they end up flipping. Um, but Florida's done a good job of pushing back and, uh, you know, showing him that they still want him in his class. Um, he tore his ACL this season and Florida hasn't wavered, um, you know, still saying that they like him and are going to help him through rehab pr- process and stuff like that. And I think, Gates has really um, appreciated that because not a lot of schools would stick with someone through all of that. So um, I think it's, he's really torn. I think, although I did see like comments today that he said that he thinks he knows where he wants to go, um, but he just has to make the decision and stuff. So I'm not sure if that's good or bad. I do know he goes to Florida this weekend, which you obviously don't like to see because they'd get the last visit, but um, Steve Klingscale and others have been down in Georgia this week and seeing a lot of their, targets down there including gates and hopefully that was um you know maybe a catalyst to push him over the head towards michigan but we'll see you certainly hope so because yeah this <laughs> this you're right this has been a really weird recruitment hopefully it ends with good news for michigan i think he's a really solid prospect and uh again like i said not a guy that you immediately have to plug in and play i uh, i think you know etta certainly would be a guy that they'd like to get on the field sooner rather than later uh, his freshman season, Aaron Gates, he can kind of sit back and wait on, especially with all the defensive backs that they took in the 2022 cycle. Let's talk about another defensive back. And this one is another kind of interesting recruitment, interesting, just recruit in general. And uh, we're talking about Tyler Scott, the uh, six foot two, 185 pounder from Mableton, Georgia listed as a safety, but he can play cornerback as well. So kind of like a you get on campus and you know if he's better at corner you play him there but could play safety as well he's a three-star guy at 642 overall on the composite but if you see his offer list you certainly would not expect him to be a three-star he's got heavy interest from Alabama Texas Tennessee Auburn Michigan of course and a few other schools thrown in there with Oklahoma being an offer Uh, Miami has offered him LSU, uh, USC. The list kind of just goes on and on there. So he uh, is expected to get an in-home visit from Michigan this week as well. I'm not super confident about this one, John. I uh, just don't get the sense that he is going to be a Big Ten player. I think he's probably bound for the SEC, but it's at least good that uh, Harbaugh and these guys are going to give it all they can uh, to get or try and get a a commitment from a a prospect that has kind of been a late bloomer, which you see these every 
uh, cycle where you get a prospect that kind of just blows up later in the cycle and gets tons of interest from uh, big time schools, Arian Carter, four-star linebacker being another example there. But again, I, John, I don't know if you'd agree with me or not, but Tyler Scott, I think he's going to be SEC bound when it's all said and done. Yeah, I agree. He's probably going to end up at Tennessee, I think is most likely. Um, but you know, Michigan, I think is still trying to get an official out of him these next couple of weeks if he's not already booked up. Um, since I think his last visit during the game turned into an unofficial, which is nice, but it doesn't really mean much if Michigan can't get him up on campus and, you know, time's kind of running out. So, um, I think Michigan made a good run here, but I think it'd take a shocker for him not to end up, uh, staying down south somewhere. Yeah, I, I can't see it happening, man. I mean, it, I it, from all I've seen, it seems like he's a pretty good prospect here. But yeah, I, I just think that, you know, like Arian Carter, like I said, I think he's going to be SEC bound too. So Tyler Scott, he's probably going to be playing Southeastern Conference football uh, next season. Let's talk about a kid who I have a little bit more hope in uh, as far as pulling a kid from the deep south. And this is four-star wide receiver Carmelo English. He's from Phoenix City, Alabama. He is 5'11", 175 pounds, 168th overall on the composite, number 23 at the wide receiver position. He was committed to Auburn uh, for a few months there, decommitted back in September, and now he has a uh, top schools list that includes Michigan, and he has visited Michigan. Uh, But the final five for him, it's uh, Auburn, Michigan, Alabama, Kentucky, and Jackson State. You can probably write Jackson State off since Deion Sanders just accepted the Colorado job. So I would anticipate the top two. It's probably Michigan and Kentucky. Uh, He officially visited Michigan back in June, also took a visit this fall, and uh, I believe he visited Kentucky and Alabama in recent weeks. So those... I guess Alabama is still kind of lurking there. I, I guess he could still end up back at Auburn, but I think I've seen uh, some pretty good comments made from him regarding Michigan. Uh, this would be a really good get. I think he's at the top of uh, the receiver board with the last couple guys that they have floating around in the 23 class. So John, I'll pass it to you. What do you think about English and uh, kind of the chances that Michigan has at this moment and I would imagine that this in-home visit will uh, be pretty telling as far as where they stand yeah I think Michigan's in a good spot here Um, I guess I'd be a little threatened by Auburn if um, under their new uh, regime there that they reevaluated and like him a lot since you know he's already committed to the school before and you know he's from the area so I think it was more committing to the school than Brian Harson, the previous coach so um, you know, if Hugh Freeze and the new coaching staff likes them, I think they could jump back in. But um, if not, I think Michigan is the team to beat here. Um, I think, yeah, he's at the top of their board um, for remaining wide receiver prospects. Um, so I think if he wants in, then they'll gladly take his uh, commitment. Um, we just got to see, you know, if he's willing to jump in or not. Yeah, and it's not like an immediate need to get another receiver that's under six foot, but he is a really good one and a highly regarded one. He would instantly be Michigan's top-ranked receiver recruit in the 23 class. Uh, They got a couple three stars in Samaj Morgan, who's 5'10", and then Frederick Moore, who is exactly six feet tall, 
both of those guys being three stars. So Carmelo English would be a really good pickup late in the cycle. Let's talk about our final recruit here, John, also a wide receiver, but a much taller a one that can probably get down the field um, split out wide. And this is Chance Fitzgerald we're talking about, three-star from Nolansville, Tennessee. He's 509 overall in the composite, listed at six foot three, 184 pounds. He has taken some other visits in recent weeks to Virginia Tech. Uh, I believe he visited Minnesota. I think Oklahoma State was in there as well. Virginia Tech. I saw on his Twitter had uh, taken an in-home visit with him uh, just about a a day or so ago, I want to say. So really seems like the Hokies are pushing for his commitment at this point. And uh, yeah, again, this guy's a a receiver that they just don't really have one like him in this 23 class. Uh, They took a few guys in the last cycle with Darius Clemens and Amorian Walker uh, that are six, three and above. So It's not like they really need a bigger guy, but it is, John, always nice to get a kid that is a little bit different from the other receivers that they already have committed in this 23 class. As far as uh, Michigan's chances with this prospect, I I don't see this one happening either. I think Michigan's really pushing hard for Carmelo English. If things fall through there, perhaps they push a little bit harder for Chance Fitzgerald, but Honestly, I think they're in a good enough spot at the receiver position that they don't really need to go all out for a guy uh, that they wouldn't want to go all out for. And I I just don't see that happening at the very moment with Chance Fitzgerald. What do you think? Yeah, I think that he's probably lower or at least behind English on the receiver board. Um, but if, you know, Virginia Tech's their biggest competition, then I think they can circle back on him late um, and kind of and flip him or get him to commit to Michigan instead of the Hokies if they uh, want that third receiver in the class, which I I think they do. And like you said, he is a bigger receiver. So maybe they'd want one more or one uh, outside guy in the class, just to even out their scholarship um, numbers like that. Uh, but I think I've also seen like Louisville has been in on him a little bit, but they have a new coach now or their coach left They're don't, they haven't hired a new guy yet. So I think that kind of takes him out of it. Um, so there's really not that many uh, schools that are fighting really hard for him right now. Um, so I think he's definitely a guy, good guy to keep on the back burner. And um, as you're figuring out your scholarship situation, if you want to end up taking that third receiver and Carmelo English falls through, then he's a good guy just to swoop in and grab at the last second. Yeah, just one correction here. He did not end up visiting Minnesota. He actually visited Pitt. Uh, on an unofficial visit the weekend that he was supposed to do that. That is according to Alan Triu of 24-7 Sports. So really interesting recruitment going on here. And John, just a a lot of interesting recruitments going on in general late in the cycle. You typically expect this to happen with some of these late risers and guys that just haven't committed yet for whatever reason. Uh, Just a lot of really interesting pieces to uh, put uh, with the puzzle uh, with the 2023 cycle kind of coming to an end here. I know there will be a few guys that wait until February to end up signing their uh, letter of intent, like Nicholas Harbor. So don't expect anything uh, anytime soon from him. But uh, I mean, just in general, man, I mean, so many just interesting recruitments going on. This 23 cycle has been kind of a weird one. So uh, I'm <laughs> I'm glad that you're back on the podcast so uh, we can all talk about it because it's been it's been kind of wild. 
Yeah, I think the end, the finish of this class, um, at least until the beginning, the first signing period is going to be really interesting. You know, Michigan's in a lot of guys um, that I think like the two uh, Wisconsin D-line commits, I'm sure Michigan's going to see them this week. Yeah. Or, you know, but, um, you know, they were, look like they're going to land both pretty easily, but then now other schools are coming in for both of them. They're going to have to fight a little more and try to get them up on visits and stuff. So, you know, I think we'll see who um, gets on campus for officials or unofficials these next two weekends. I think that'll be um, a good indicator too. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty interesting finish these next couple of weeks. No doubt about it. And we'll have it all covered on amazingbrew.com when all of these recruitments come to an end. And obviously the uh, early signing period happening uh, in just a couple weeks, December 21st is when it all starts up. So it's going to be a wild ride, I'm sure, until that day. But that's all we got for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. You can follow John at Simmons underscore John. Mason Brew on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. And please leave some five-star reviews on all of the podcasts on the Mason Brew Podcast Network. For John Simmons, I am Vaughn Lozon. We will be back next week with another edition of Future Brew.